everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Pillow Talk with Mark and B, the podcast where we, well, evidently just read, I guess. Apparently we're readers now. We're readers now. Terrible. Uh, did you ever though. watch, like, Reading Rainbow, or, like, uh, how, what childhood TV did you, show did you watch oh to learn God. how to function as an adult? Barney. Barney, great. Arthur. Arthur, great. Were you a Sesame Street folk at all? Hell, I was not allowed to watch that. Mm. With that guy in the garbage can? Are you kidding me? No, no, no. Oscar. <laughs> Was it the Grouch or something? Yeah. yeah, no, 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 no. There's no way. <laughs> Did you watch it? Uh, I think I read, like, this funny conspiracy theory about Oscar. He's actually, like, this homeless man or something in the town, and the that's why he's so gross. hated gro- him the whole time. Something like that, yeah. Wow. Uh, it's been many, many years since I've watched. The whole point of him was to teach kids how to be nice to homeless people. And <laughs> yeah, something, something like that. <laughs> I shall let my parents know. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, what what shows did you grow up on? What taught um, you how to how to life? Yeah, I think outdoors. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, like watching nature and stuff. I think was my kind of. I hear. Some yeah, no, we we. Watch. I didn't. I didn't really watch TVs or movies growing up. Like um, the the odd time, but like there, it wasn't an every night thing. It wasn't even every other night. Like I was definitely, if I could be outside, I was outside making havoc. Or playing Warhammer in your bedroom. Yeah. And before the Warhammer times, I, I I did like video games. So what games did you play? Uh, it was pretty old, so it was like games like Mario sixty four and like mm. like it was old. So like, I think like... like PlayStation one might have been a thing. Like Ugh. this is like twenty years ago. We should get a GameCube. Honestly, <laughs> I love those games. Uh-huh. Anyway, <laughs> okay, so we're back reading um, Screw Tape Letters, which again is uh, C. S. Lewis, um, and yeah. Like, when we originally started this, we kind of gave, like, a brief description of this book, and I don't think we really, like, did it justice. We got an email from somebody that was kind of talking about um, how he didn't publish this. This was, like, letters that somebody else found and then put together and stuff, and these were personal letters. So, um, don't take anything I say as canon. Yeah, like, we don't know anything about anything. I've skimmed a Wikipedia page and then made some shit up. But, uh, yeah, if you want to actually know, like, how, what this book's all about and, like, how it was made and, like, C.S. Lewis and all that kind of stuff and his relationship, Tolkien, just, I don't know, go somewhere else, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if you're looking for answers, not... Don't but if here. you're looking for a nice little read, here we go. <laughs> here we go. Okay, so chapter 13. My dear Wormwood, it seems to me that you great you take a great many pages to tell a very simple story. The long and short of it is that you have let the man slip through your fingers. The situation is very grave, and I really see no reason why I should try to shield you from the consequences of your inefficiency. A repentance and renewal of what the other side will call grace on the scale of which you describe is a defeat of the first order. It amounts to a second conversation, and probably on a deeper level than the first. As you ought to have known, the asphyxiating cloud which prevented your attacking the patient on his walk back from the old mill is a well-known phenomenon. It's the enemy's most barbarous weapon, and generally appears when he is directly present to the patient under certain modes, not yet fully classified. Some humans are permanently surrounded by it and therefore inaccessible to us. Can I pause? Is that talking an an asphyxiating cloud? Um, Have you ever heard those stories where a guy or a girl was walking in, um, in a back alley? And she got really scared and whatever. And then turns out there were two police officers there or something like that. um, And arrested these two guys that were following her. 
when the conversation got deeper or whatever, they were like, no, we would, there was a huge guy standing beside her. We would never have touched her, but she huh. was actually alone. Mm, and nice so it was like third man. an angel or something like yeah. that protecting her or whatever. Is, is that <laughs> the vibe you're getting? No, I, no, I think I kind of uh, interpreted this more as like, it said like a, what would it say? A, a dark cloud? Uh, an asphyxiating cloud. I don't know. I kind of picture it as like emotions. We'll have to read and see where he goes. But like, if, if like depression, like there's a cloud of depression. Well, no, but this is the enemy's cloud. So God's cloud. Oh yeah. So it's the yeah, enemy's yeah. most barbarous weapon, and generally appears when he is directly present to the patient under certain modes, not fully classified. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, I forgot to flip everything in my head. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. We're the bad guys the in guy. this one. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um. And for now, and now for your blunders. On your own showing, you first of all allowed the patient to read a book that he really enjoyed because he enjoyed it and not in order to make a clever remarks about it to his new friends. In the second place, you allowed him to walk down to the old mill and have tea there, a walk through the country that he really likes and taken alone. In other words, you allowed him two real positive pleasures. Were you so ignorant as to not see the danger of this? The characteristic of pains and pleasures is that they are unmistakably real and therefore, as far as they go, give the man who feels them a touchstone of reality. Thus, if you had been trying to damn your man by the romantic method, by making him a kind of ch child herald, chilled herald, or were there submerged in self-pity for imaginary distress, you would try to protect him at all costs from any real pain because, of course, five minutes genuine toothache would reveal the romantic sorrows for the nonsense by, for the nonsense they were, and unmask your whole stratagem. But you were trying to damn your patient by the real, by the world. That is by palming off vanity, bustle, irony, and expensive tedium as pleasures. How can you have failed to see that a real pleasure was the last thing you ought to have let him meet? Didn't you foresee that it would just kill, by contrast, all the trumpetry, trumpery, which you have been so laboriously teaching him to value, and that the sort of pleasure which the book and the walk gave him was the most dangerous of all, that it would peel off from his sensibility the kind of crust that you have been forming on it to make him feel like he was coming home, recovering himself? As a preliminary to detaching him from the enemy, you want to detach him from himself. He had made some progress in doing so, and now that's all undone. Of course, I know that the enemy also wants to detach men from themselves, but in a different way. Remember always that he really likes the little vermin and sets an absurd value on the distinctness of every one of them. When he talks of their losing themselves, he only means abandoning the clamor of self-will. Once they've done that, he really gives them back all their personality and boasts. I am afraid sincerely that when they are wholly his, they will be more themselves than ever. Hence, while he is delighted to see them sacrificing even their innocent wills to his, he hates to see them drifting away from their own nature for any reason, and we should always encourage them to do so. The deepest likings and impulse of a man are the raw material, the starting point which, with which the enemy has furnished them. To get him away from those is therefore always a point gained, even in things indifferent. It is always desirable to substitute the standards of the world or convention or fashion for a human's own real likings and dislikings. I myself would carry this very far. 
I would make it a rule to eradicate from my patient any strong personal taste which is not actually a sin, even if it's something quite trivial, such as fondness for a county cricket, or collecting stamps, or drinking cocoa. Hobbies. That's interesting. Hobbies make you happy. Um, such things, I grant you, have nothing of virtue in them, but is a sort of innocence and humility and self-forgetfulness about them which I distrust. The man who truly and disinterestedly enjoys any one thing from the world for its own sake and without caring two pence what other people say about it is by that very fact forearmed against some of our most subtle modes of attack. You should always try to make the patient abandon people or food or books that he really likes in favor of the best people, the right food, the important books. I have known a human defended from the strong temptations to social ambitions by a stronger taste for tripe and onions. It remains to consider how we can retrieve this disaster. The great thing is to prevent his doing anything. As long as he does not convert into action, it does not matter how much he thinks about his new repentance. Let the little brute wallow in it. Let him, if he has any bend that way, write a book about it. That is often an excellent way of sterilizing the seeds which the enemy plants in human souls. Let him do anything but act. No amount of piety, piety in his imaginations and affections will harm, him, harm us if we can keep it out of his will. As one of the humans said, active habits are strengthened by repetition, but passive ones are weakened. The more often he feels without acting, the less he will ever be able to act, and in the long run, the less he will be able to feel. Your affectionate Uncle Screwtape. Interesting, yeah. Um, you hear a lot in today's day and age where it's like, uh, there's just a lot of like, label it what you will, but we'll label it evil. There's a lot of like satanic stuff happening. Once yeah, like again, tarot cards and. I'm talking no. I'm talking child mutilation. I'm talking mm. raping children. I'm talking truly heinous things yeah, that shout are. Yeah, shout out to all of the Canadians that did that uh, walk for yeah. the kids today. I'm talking all the truly heinous stuff that everyone looks at as like, what the hell? That's evil. Um, and you hear a lot of people talking about like, wow, evil is becoming way more predominant. And then therefore, in, like by a byproduct, they kind of shift their focus to God. Like, um, if there's evil, then there must be good. Okay, so what's the good? So in this, uh, I feel like it's kind of very much the exact reverse of that, where it's like, uh, when you're happy, I know like in my happiest moments, that would probably be like the closest I've been to god a feeling of god you know when you're like that perfect boat ride in and the, mm. the weather's perfect serene, serene and, and one with yourself yeah and... it's peaceful and calm and it's magical yeah, like this is how and, it was meant to be yeah so you know he's basically saying like yeah if you can keep people from doing like things that make them happy if you can just trap them in their room with depression and make them so they don't do anything yeah the, yeah like that's yeah then they don't feel like feel God because like when you're here and you're doing something you're actually supposed to be doing you feel it you, you know. feel it yeah. you feel something I don't know what the fuck you're feeling but you feel something yeah like I know that I'm on the right path I don't know yeah. what that means but I'm like very very sure that I'm doing the right things I'm with the mm -hmm. right person I'm located exactly where I needed to be geograph geographically um 
yeah, you just know. I don't know. Yeah, don't so know that's kind of the, the flip side of it, where it's like today, it's like I, I feel like it's very easy even for non-religious people to look at the evil in the world, the overwhelming evil in the world, yeah. where they don't get to now focus on the small little good blessings of happiness Yeah, and to I see like... the, the, the bigger picture of uh, positive yeah. entity. I feel like too in today's society everything's just busy. You're doing busy work. Yeah. You're not actually completing tasks. You're getting to half of the task and then moving on and getting distracted sure. and like Yeah, like people will find all types of nonsense to nonsense to fill their time with where it's mm -hmm. like you don't like need... what did you do today? Yeah, like Yeah. Yeah. It's very interesting. Um yeah that's kind of my thought on that little chapter there. Okay, chapter fourteen. Oh, these are small. Okay. Wow. Why would it be so small? Oh, God. So I just, everyone, I'm just trying to read better. There we go. I think I got it. My dear Wormwood, the most alarming thing in your life. Oh, yes. The, my last thought on the last, last one was, who do you find, who the fuck is the patient? Like, it's his. No, no. I, it's the guy he's like fucking around with. But like, I wonder who in real life his patient is. Because that guy's like throwing all types of loops at the demon he can't get up he's the demon's now getting chastised because he's not doing a good job with the patient yeah that's interesting we're just like you know aimlessly living our lives i'm just taking a walk downtown <laughs> just know oh, there's a tree and then all of a sudden some demon's getting in trouble <laughs> how dare you let him see that tree and Who smile <laughs> <laughs> my dear wormwood the most alarming thing in your last account of the patient is that he is making none of those confident resolutions which mark his original conversion. No more lavish promises of perpetual virtue. I gather not even the expectation of endowment of grace for life, but only hope for the daily hourly pittance to meet the daily and hourly temptation. This is very bad. I see only one thing to do at the moment. Your patient has become humble. You have drawn his attention to the fact all virtues are less formidable to us once a man is aware that he has them. But he is specifically true of humili humility. Catch him at the moment when he is really poor in spirit and smuggle into his mind the gratifying reflection. By Jove, I am being humble and almost immediately pride. Pride at his own humility will appear. <laughs> Interesting. Checks out. <laughs> If he awakes to the danger and tries to smother this new form of pride, make him proud of his attempt, and so on, though as many stages as you please. But don't try this too long, for fear you awake his sense of humor and proportion, in which case he will merely laugh at you and go to bed. <laughs> but there are other profitable ways of fixing his attention on the virtue of humility. By this virtue, as by all others, our enemy wants to turn the man's attention away from his, from self to him, and the man's neighbors, and to the man's neighbors. All of the objection and self-hatred are designed in the long run, solely for this end. Unless they attain this end, they do us little harm, and they may even do us good if they keep the man concerned with himself, and above all, his self-content can be made if self-contempt can be made the starting point for contempt of ourselves and thus for gloom, cynicism, and cruelty. You must therefore conceal from the patient the true end of humility. Let him think it is not a self-forgetfulness but a certain kind of opinion, namely a lowly opinion, of his own talents and character. Some talents, I gather, he really has. 
fixed in his mind the idea that humility consists in trying to believe those talents to be less valuable than he believes them to be. No doubt they are a fact less valuable than he believes, but that is not the point. The great things the great things is to make him value an opinion for some quality other than truth, thus introducing the element of dishonesty and make-believe into the heart of which otherwise threatens to become a virtue. By this method, thousands of humans have been brought to the brought to think that humility means pretty women trying to believe they are ugly and clever men trying to believe they're fools. And since what they are trying to be believe may, in some cases, be manifest not be manifest be manifest nonsense, they cannot succeed in believing it, and we have a chance of keeping their minds endlessly revolving on themselves in an effort to achieve the impossible. To anticipate the enemy's strategy, we must consider his aims. The enemy wants to bring the man to a state of mind in which he could design the best cathedral in the world, and know it to be the best, and rejoice in the fact, without being any more or less or otherwise glad to have done it than he would have if it had been done by another. The enemy wants him, in the end, to be free from any bias of his own favor, that he can rejoice in his own talents frankly and gratefully as his neighbor's talents, or in sunrise as an elephant or a waterfall. He wants each man, in the long run, to be able to recognize all creatures, even himself, as glorious and excellent things. He wants to kill their animal self-love as soon as possible, but it's his long-term policy, I fear, to restore them a new kind of self-love, charity and gratitude for all selves, including their own. When they really have learned to love their neighbors as themselves, they will be allowed to love themselves as their neighbors. For we, for we must never forget what is the most repellent and inexplicable, inexplicable trait in our enemy. He really loves the hairless bipeds he created and always gives them back with his right hand what he takes away with his left. His whole effort, therefore, will be to get a man's mind off the subject of his own valor. He would rather a man thought himself a great architect or a great poet than forget about it, then that he should spend time and pains trying to think himself a bad one. Your efforts to instill either vainglory or false modesty into the patient will therefore be met with a form of the enemy's side with the obvious reminder that a man is not usually called upon to have an opinion of his own talents at all, since he can very well go on improving them to the best of his ability without deciding on his own precise niche of the temple, in the temple of fame. You must try to exclude this reminder from the patient's consciousness at all costs. The enemy will also try to render and reel in the patient's mind a doctrine in which they profess all but the difficulty of bringing home their, f to bring home to their feelings, the doctrine that they did not create themselves, that their talents were given to them, and that they might be well, they might as well be proud of the color of their hair. But always and by, but always and by, the enemy's methods aim. But always, and by all methods, the enemy's aim will be to get the patient's mind off such questions, and yours will fix, will be to fix it on them. Even of his sins, the enemy does not want you to hit, does not want him to think too much. Once they are repeated, repented, the sooner a man turns his attention outward, the better the enemy is pleased. Your affectionate Uncle Screwtapes. This is very interesting. Yeah, I have so many thoughts on this one. You <laughs> go first. Okay, so it says... Um, humility. Let him not think of it as self-forgetfulness. So basically, humility is putting yourself to the side. It's not talking down about yourself. 
and this is interesting, something comes to mind. My brother said that the trick to having people over is clean the house, whatever, and then when they get there, be like, oh, I'm so sorry, it's so messy. And then in their mind, she's like, oh my god, no, this is great, like, it's fine. Yeah. But, like, in this, that's a lie. Yes. And B, it's not actually humility, because it has it has everything to do with making yourself feel better, and yeah. nothing to do with them. And it's all, like, even if I'm, like, if I've been practicing the piano for 25 years, I'm amazing, I can write music, I can read music, I can do everything, and then somebody compliments me on it, it's not humility to be like, oh, no, 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 I'm not that good. Yeah. Which I think I've always thought of humility as. Yeah, interesting. What um, well, going off of that thought, um, take it to my personal life, I suppose. Like, the easiest way I show maybe this kind of false humility is uh, when people compliment my Warhammer paint jobs and stuff. And I say, I'm not a good painter, man. And I'm not. Like, I'm, like it is comparatively. this... Comparatively. Comparatively, I'm not. But I am a good painter. Yeah. But it is this, like, false sense of humility to some degree where it's like, no, 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 I'm not that good, but, like... And compliment think, my painting again, if you don't mind. Yeah, compliment me harder, Daddy. You see how I dry brush that? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so that's kind of like a trap, that false humility. It's interesting. Yeah, and I feel like because in most ways you say, no, 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 I'm not that good. And then the only acceptable, socially acceptable answer is, no, 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 you are good. Yeah, and you then you get good. poured like, praise. You're just and like feeding like, into the compliments yeah. and like acting like you're not that good when you, you, you're decent. Like, well, yeah, I'm better than, let's call it, 99% of the planet because 99% of the planet doesn't paint Warhammer. Yeah. Hi, I'm a great painter. Yeah. Um, so maybe that's like, if I took it personal, that would be kind of the vibe I'm getting of this. Yeah. I don't, it's interesting because I feel like I'm, I feel like I'm, I've never, <laughs> I don't, I say that I'm confident. I'm not cocky where it's like, oh damn, look what I just made. I did that yeah. with my hands. Oh my goodness. I'm getting so good at this. Blah, blah, blah. Mm. Where I'm not, I'm, I don't typically like talk down about myself i don't think i'm pretty yeah i don't know some people call it arrogant so i'm just <laughs> like no i know how awesome i am yeah but then again that's like not the good thing to do because it's again humility is outward it's for other people love thy neighbor so that you can love yourself yeah and then if we're over this point the next kind of big point is just virtues like there are good traits and there are bad traits Humility, good trait. Pride, bad, bad trait. Seven deadly sins. Wow. Uh, it, so going through this is very interesting. Just kind of like uh, there's. Let me formulate my thoughts here. Oh yeah. So basically, it was talking about like if you can get them to just kind of focus on themselves and focus like on the things they're doing and oh I'm so great at this or oh this or whatever they're up to, then it's like yeah then they're then they're fucking lost and it's yeah. like they're not going um if you can get them trapped on one of these like fake virtues or something you know i wonder too how the self-help stuff yeah. falls into this well and the, it was kind of saying some of that stuff where it's like uh that they no longer will help themselves or something i, I should have almost high, highlighted some of these but whatever uh yeah it's like there is something, there's scientific stuff that says, like, if you do things for others, you're happier. Like, yeah. that's where oxytocin comes in, because you're with other people. You, if you, if somebody drops, I don't know, groceries and you help them pick up, or pick it up, you're happier. You've got all of these hormones going. Yeah. You've got all of these, like, it's 
we are better people if we have a community to serve. Yeah, yeah. And that's proven, that's scientific. Yeah, like a good leader is the one who, you know, enters the trench first who or serves, lifts yeah. up the first piece of wood for the house, yeah. you know. Um, yeah, like they were talking a lot about self-love in here and I just kind of kept flashing today and just... The LGBTQ man, like... Not, nothing against gay people, but pride is not good. Pride is not a virtue. And these people get so confused consumed with their own identities and their mm. own self this fake self love that they they don't even love themselves anymore they're so consumed with their own identity and this like wanting to love themselves that, that that they're not well and i think that people um, miss that real love doesn't need to be questioned yeah he so wants like, to kill their animal self love as soon as possible but in this long term policy i fear to rest oh no maybe that's not it yeah, no, if you really genuinely loved yourself, you wouldn't have to convince everybody else to love you. Yeah. And I think that's where it's missing. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, exactly. Um, there was one other fucking line here. Let's find it. Um, and once again, this is why I'm thinking, like, LGBTQ. And that they might be proud of the color of their hair. Yeah, I thought These that. These fucking blue-haired weirdos, man. Like, yeah. they're so happy with their blue hair. It's like, you're... It's like a meme at this point. Yeah, like... it's like... It's like a dangerous animal. Yeah. You don't touch colorful animals because chances are they're poisonous or going to fuck you up. And I think this goes back to the humility where you need to be seen. You need to be abrasive. You need mm -hmm. to, like, if you're walking through a mall full of people, mm -hmm. you have the blue hair. Everybody notices you. You have to get attention. You yeah. have to, like, there's this whole, I don't know. Lack of humility. Lack of humility. And also lack of self-love because if you really loved yourself, you wouldn't be changing yourself. And that has nothing to do with gay people. That one specifically is against trans people. Like... I, I have nothing against everybody. Like, yeah. if you genuinely loved yourself, you wouldn't, if you, this is what I did after the breakup. I kind of, like, I made this whole list, and I was like, hey, what parts of me do I love? Okay, let's build on that. What yeah. parts of me need to change? Let's break that down. Yeah. And that was kind of my version of self-love, where it's just like, I hate that about me. I hate mm. that people talk about me that way. I hate that I give that off sometimes. Let's fix it. Yeah. Where, in today's day and age... No, no, no. Let's accept it. Well, yeah, and force and everybody like, else no, to. No, that's bullshit. That's bullshit. Let's have higher standards. Yeah. Uh, very interesting chapter. Like, I kind of just kept flashing to that where it's just like, humility, good. Pride, bad. Focusing too much on self-love, not good. Focusing on others, good. Yeah. Like, and it, in today's society, it's just been so fucking twisted. I feel like, too, if you're focused on self-love, you're essentially having conversations with yourself about yourself. Sure. And that's not always the best place to get feedback. And when you're with a community, you can feed off of others. You can learn from others. You can learn to not do what others do. You can, like, there's always, if you're learning from others, you get more constructive feedback whether you're asking for it or not just like yeah. looking and learning you'll get more feedback than you would from yourself because sure. you don't know like yeah. that's why you're kind of in whatever you're in yeah it's very interesting very interesting book that's for sure okay we're on chapter 15 my dear wormwood i had noticed of course that the humans were having a lull in their european war oh yeah this is also 1942. I noticed, of course, that the humans were having a lull in their European war, what they naively call the war, and I'm not surprised that there was a corresponding lull to the patient's anxieties. Do we want to encourage this or to keep him worried? Tortured fear and stupid confidence are both desirable states of mind. Our choice between them raises important questions. Let the humans live in time, but our enemy destines them to eternity. He therefore, I believe, 
wants them to attend chiefly to two things, to eternity itself and to the point of time which they call the present. For the present is the point at which time touches eternity. Of the present moment and of it only, humans have an experience analogs to the experience which our enemy has of a reality as a whole. In it, alone freedom and actuality are offered them. He would therefore have them continually concerned either with eternity, which means being concerned with him, or with the present, either meditating on their eternal union with or separation from himself, or else obeying the present voice of conscience, bearing the present cross, receiving the present grace, giving thanks for the present pleasure. Our business is to get them away from the eternal and from the present. With this in view, we sometimes tempt a human, say a widow or a scholar, to live in the past. But this is of limited value, for they have some real knowledge of the past, and it has determinate nature, and to that extent resembles eternity. It is far better to make them live in the future. Biological necessity makes all of their passions point to that direction already. So, that thought about the future inflames hope and fear. Also, it's unknown to them so that in the making so that in making them think about it we make them think of unrealities in a word the future is hmm. of all things you want to pause that is interesting uh unrealities yeah you some people get so caught up with what ifs and what mm-hmm. if i do this and they're analyzing every situation that they never make a move they just end up trapped and then they're not they're not living. The they're all of living. a sudden you you got four weeks of anxiety and a month has passed. Yeah, and it's like you still haven't made a choice or like done anything or like you're still just thinking of these unrealities that are not real. These what if situations. What if I did this? Will this bad thing then happen to me? Yeah, and it's a great way to just distract you from whatever. Yeah, one of my friends is actually dealing with like really bad anxiety over the last couple of days and pro tip for anybody who deals with anxiety if you have a frozen orange in the freezer i guess a stick of an orange in the freezer and when you get anxious take it out and scratch it a little bit and then that mm. scent citrus i guess helps yeah um, but that scent will bring you back into the moment also coffee grounds yeah i i, I was listening to you and your friends talk they were also talking about like when you eat the frozen orange all the orange all the textures and obviously mm-hmm. the taste and it's just like it's hit the visual orangeness of it yeah like it just hits so many of these like uh senses. senses that it will snap you kind of out of the the thought out of the dark thoughts or whatever but yeah my therapist always said that if you get anxiety bring yourself in because anxiety is worrying about what you can't control that's yeah. what anxiety is yeah, it's yeah. just worrying because if you can control it you can control it deal with it move on yeah. anxiety is the unknown and so bring yourself back find five things you can taste in the room that you're sitting in five things you can taste four things you can touch three things you can smell one thing that you can whatever all the way down um but hit all those senses because those senses bring you back to the moment bring you back to the room bring you back to reality bring you back to the present for sure interesting in a word the future is of all things the thing least like eternity it is the most completely temporal part of time for the past is frozen and no longer flows and the present is all lit up with eternal rays hence the encouragement we have given to all those schemes of thought such as creative evolution scientific humanism communism which fixes men's affections on the future on the very core of temporality hence nearly all vices are rooted in the future gratitude looks to the past and love to the present fear 
avarice, lust, and ambition look ahead. Do not think lust an exception. When the present pleasure arrives, the sin, which alone interests us, is already over. The pleasure is just the part of the process which we regret and we exclude if we could do so without losing the sin. It is the part contributed by the enemy, therefore experienced in the past. The sin, which is our contribution, looked forward. That's interesting. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's basically saying that even if you're doing the sin, the pleasure piece is still from God. So let's say you're having premarital sex. When you're enjoying it, that's still God's gift to you, the enjoyment sure. of it. Sure. The past is the fact that you got there and you're having premarital sex. The future is something that you can change and be positive to anyway. Yeah. But the pleasure is from God. Yeah. The good things are from God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Um, just a quick side note. I don't think either of us are for, like, abstinence till marriage. No. Like, I, I think you should only sleep with people you're in love with. Yeah. 100%. I definitely And you should only sleep with people you're in a committed relationship with. And I think that you should sleep with one person of the opposite. Like a polyamorous relationships, absolutely fucked. Yeah, Threesomes, no, that, absolutely fucked. Yeah, that's not acceptable kind of behavior. Yeah, like it's, it's degenerate. Not, yeah. But anyways, yep. To be sure, the enemy wants men to think of the future too. Just so much as it's necessary for now planning the acts of justice or charity, which will probably be their duty tomorrow. The duty of planning the morrow's work is today's duty. Though its, material, though its material is borrowed from the future. The duty, like all duties, is in the present. This is not yeah. straw splitting. Yeah, like, some people just, they have all these plans, but they never activate these plans. So then they never go anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Just They just get caught up in the thoughts and the schemes of it all, and then they never actually make a move. Yeah. He does not want men to give the future their hearts to place their treasure in it. We do. His ideal is a man who, having worked all day for the good of posterity, if that is his vocation, washes his mind of the whole subject, commits the issue to heaven, and returns at once to the patience or gratitude demanded by the moment that is passing over him. We want a man hag-ridden by the future, haunted by the visions of imminent hell or he heaven on earth, ready to break the enemy's commands in the present if by doing so we make him think that he can attain one or avert the other dependent for his faith on the success or failures of schemes whose end he will not live to see. We want a whole race perpetually in pursuit of the rainbow's end, never honest, nor kind, nor happy now, but always using as mere fuel wherewith to heap the altar of every of the future, every real gift which is offered them in the present. These words are so confusing. This guy is the king of run-on sentences. Yeah, I, the, I, yeah, I feel like that. that's the problem with his writing, if there was a problem with it. Well, you can blame the demons. <laughs> Just take it up Oh, yeah, the, the demons, fucking demons! <laughs> it follows then, in general, and other things being equal, that it is better for your patient to be filled with anxiety or hope, it doesn't matter which, about this war than for him to be living in the present. But the phrase living in the present is ambiguous. It may describe a process which is really just as much concerned with future as anxiety itself. Your man may be untroubled about the future, not because he's concerned with the present, but because he has persuaded himself that the future is going to be agreeable. As long as that is the real course of his tranquility, his tranquility will do us good, because it's only piling up more disappointment and therefore more impatience for him when his false hopes are dashed. 
If, on the other hand, he is aware of the horrors may be in store for him and is praying for the virtues, wherewith to meet them, and meanwhile concerning himself with the present, because there and there alone all duty, all grace, all knowledge, and all pleasure dwell, his state is very undesirable and should be attacked at once. Here again, our philological, our philological arm has done good work. Try the word complacency on him. But of course, it is most likely that he is living in the present for none of these reasons, but simply because his health is good and he is enjoying his work. The phenomenon would be merely natural. Would then be merely natural. All the same, I should break it up if I were you. No natural phenomenon really is in our favor. And anyway, why should the creature be happy? Your affectionate uncle, Screw Tape. Yeah. So yeah, I feel like this one is all about. If you're focused on the past, if you're focused on the future, if you're even focused on the afterlife, these are all traps. Like, these are, whether you believe in God or not, these are traps. These are traps of humans that exist where it's like, yeah, you can get so caught up in a future that you're not even guaranteed. I could be dead in a minute. Yeah. I don't know that. I could be planning for years ahead. Can you imagine if you just died live on Well, I didn't get vaccinated, so I'm fine. Well, I'm not true. just going to spontaneously <laughs> die. But, uh... Yeah, it, it's very interesting. And even like, even uh, when you look at it from this worldview or whatever, um, this life is temporary. Mm -hmm. The future doesn't fucking matter. Any <clears throat> plots and schemes you have for you, it doesn't matter. All This life is temporary. Well, and we're like so minuscule. Like, if yeah. you think that, like, if I messaged the president of the United States right now, I would be nothing to him. I'm just a number in his email. I'm just a fan. I'm just like, I'm of no relevance to him because in that in that position you see people as statistics like when you're that high up that men, that number of people is yeah. just statistics yeah um and so when you're worrying about like i don't know what the president thinks of you or <laughs> what like all of this like oh my god if i ran into demi lovato what would she like who cares she doesn't know you we are the main characters of our own story and nobody else's yeah yeah, and we got to always remember to be present. I always say this joke where it's like, I, I know there's going to be a problem coming. I'm like, that is future Mark's problem. Yeah. You've heard me say that many times where it's like, that is, I thank past Mark for the work he's done. Future Mark's going to have to deal with some shit. Present Mark's just going to be here and do what he has to do. It talked about gratitude too. And that like in the present... There's gratitude there, yeah. and, like, I guess the devil hates that. Like, when you're really in the moment, and you're, like, you eat that apple, and you're, like, savoring every fucking bite of it, yeah. man. And it's just, like, yeah. Mm -hmm. I feel like here, I'm very much in the present. Like, there's nothing. Like, and I maybe I've just gotten good at this over the years, but there's really nothing I can do. I'm, I can't control when I die. Yeah. I can't control who calls me i can't control what other things enter my life like i can yeah, get a even text like, message uh, from my parents right now yeah and it would kind of throw me off i wouldn't know <laughs> what to do but like i'm yeah. not gonna worry about that yeah even with the airbnb we have a bunch of people coming like we've had probably over 100 people now stay on our property mm -hmm. and uh you know that's a hundred different types of energies that we have welcomed into our home mm -hmm. and like most of them have been good but there have been some bad ones as well Mm -hmm. um, I forget where I was going with this, but... Gratitude? Gratitude. Okay, okay. I don't know. Energy sucker? Energy <laughs> No, no, that's a different point. <laughs> uh, I don't know. There's a point there somewhere. It's lost to time. 
Fucking pass, Mark. Fuck that one. Fuck that guy. <laughs> yeah, I think it's very interesting that, like, it talks about stress, anxiety, mm-hmm. worries. Like, all of those, mm-hmm. they can't do anything for you. Yeah. They're not going to make the situation better. And if you want to go through life and all of a sudden look back and you've been stressed out for 30 years, yeah. like, it, it's not going to be good. Yeah. And I know it's, like, easy to say, well, like, just don't be stressed or, you know, work out your issues and stuff. And I know there are so many outsiders fact, outside factors that affect your day-to-day living Yeah, but I would stuff. argue like, that most people... At the same time, you hear those people who are in concentration camps and they're like, I'm having the best day ever. Mm-hmm. You know, like, it is it is a mindset at the end of the Perspective, day. Perspective, yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, I would argue that everybody who's complaining definitely knows the issue. It's doing something about yeah. the issue that is the hard part. Yeah. And it's always the hard part. You have to struggle in order to succeed. Yeah. There's no way around it. But, yeah, yeah it's very interesting how much they use anxiety or the demons, whatever <laughs> whatever this book yeah, is Yeah, because it, it just paralyzes you. Yeah. And, um, I mean, like, going back to the, well, not virtues, but just, like, you can tell what things are not good for you and mm-hmm. what things really are good for you hope and love and charity mm-hmm. and gratitude all of those things make you feel good they make you F- make other people feel exactly. good which they is also you, important exactly like a bread or a brighter person almost and mm-hmm. then you attract more people then they feed off of it like yeah. whereas if you're depressed nobody wants to be around you yeah if yeah. you're anxious all the time nobody wants to hear about it like what are you doing to fix the issues all that kind of stuff so you get sucked into this like isolation where all of a sudden you're I don't know, 40 years old living in a basement, you just can't move. You can't get get out of it. it. You can't. It's paralyzing. You're right. Hmm. Well, that was chapters 13, 14, and 15. Now, if we want to carry on one more time, I'd be very interested just real quick to insert one of these chapters, probably the one we just read, into ChatGPT, and then to tell it to write this in a more modern... Should we do it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's just just read a paragraph or something. Like... um, his, his writing is very interesting. Like I said, the run-on sentences are very hard to read. Very hard to read. Um. Okay. My dear Wormwood. And this is the one, this is chapter 15. I couldn't help but notice that the humans are currently experiencing a lull in their European war, which they naively refer to as the war. It's no surprise that this pause is accompanied by a decrease in the patient's anxieties. Now the question arises, should we encourage this state of affairs or keep him in a state of worry? Both tortured fear and misguided confidence are desirable states of mind, and our choice between them presents important considerations. I don't know how different this is. I was just kind of looking at punctuation and stuff, and it looks like there's a lot more periods in this. Mm, um, yeah. But we, we don't need to read all of it. I was kind of just curious, like, uh, what it would kind of come up with. But yeah, it's Let, Let's get too. it to write it as if Snoop Dogg wrote this. <laughs> it's interesting, too, that the patient be consumed by anxiety or hope. The specific emotion doesn't matter. That's really interesting too. Hope, yeah, man. That's a dangerous one. I feel like that's a huge trap for a lot of Christians. Which is like, well, no, we have faith in the future that God's gonna pull through and we it's don't like have to do anything that's today. not how this works. We like don't have to prep for it. It's fine. God will yeah. I'm still Well waiting. things are gonna turn around. <laughs> I'm still waiting for the blessings that God promised yeah. me to be fulfilled. Yeah. And that was from my father who had been sitting on a couch for three years refusing to get a job, waiting for God's promises to be fulfilled. Like yeah, it's those the hope. things. Yeah. Yeah, that is interesting the hope of so, like you know i guess maybe another good example would be people who buy lottery tickets the whole <laughs> point of that is like maybe i'll win it yeah you know like that that like hope where now you're really just wasting money and time on something that is like and energy and energy and thoughts and whatever on something like 
that you yeah, it'd be great if it happened. That would be the fucking sweetest. But like that, that hope is a trap it. as well. You don't know. Then you're like kind of bitter about the guy who did win it, and yeah. hmm. you got all of these plans for your house, and all of a sudden you didn't win it. And like, what am I gonna do? Like, yeah. hope is a huge thing. And it, That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I, I. Yeah. I really like that one. I feel like some Christians need to to really read that one and like realize that. Yeah, well, God is all-powerful. He's not going to save you. He's not coming to save you. Well, I think that if that, in that religion, I guess, like if I was a Christian, I would argue that God gave me the tools and the knowledge. And so if I... And put the right people in your lives mm-hmm. to make it so you can have the best best impact. So yeah. let's just say, yeah. hypothetically, the country that we're living is heading to full-blown communism. Panama? God, never. <laughs> God gave us the tools. He gave us the history books. He gave mm-hmm. us... So we're just like, you know what? Fuck it. Let's just move. Let's change our situation. Meanwhile, everybody else is there like, oh my God, thank God you left. It's getting bad. It's getting bad. It's getting bad. But don't, no, I don't need to go to anything. I don't need to do anything. Well, we'll win the next election. I hear people say all the time. And then it's like. A prophet told me that Trump was going to get in for the second (laughs) term. So I don't need to. And then everything, yeah, now everything's good. He's going to fix everything. Like this false hope. And no action required on Mm. your own part and hope that everybody else will work around you yeah, and that the yeah. situation will work for you. For, like, the more, like, uh, non-Christian-minded people listening, it's, like, very DS Machina, where it's, like, uh, you know, uh, the hope that, like, the AI machine god is going to come and save us and make humanity better, and now we'll have robots to do our basic tasks, and, like, everything will be perfect. Like, this, like, hope for the future of... That's not how it's going to play out, though. Meanwhile, you're sitting on your couch playing video games. Like, you're not contributing to any of the... Ho- and that's the thing, where you're not actually living in the present. You're yeah. not doing anything for yourself. You're just wishing hoping it'll get better. The, yeah, hoping the future will work itself out. Yeah. Yeah. Very interesting. Very, very interesting stuff. Um, yeah. Um, any other thoughts on this? I don't know. I thought I thought this was a good one. Yeah. I'm enjoying these for what they are, for sure. Yeah, we've gotten a lot of feedback from people listening, too. It's seems to be good like i think yeah. people enjoy listening to this book yeah like it's fascinating whether you're christian or not like i i always say it doesn't matter what ideology there are things you can take from it that are going to be beneficial from every yeah religion or now ideology. some of them just don't have very many but there still might be that one nugget that you can take from it yeah or learn to not take from it or <laughs> that's also good there are a knowing... couple ideologies out there that i'm like mm, i don't think that's the word <laughs> um the one, I don't know if we wanted to get into this. Do it. The one email we got, I, I, I'm not trying to shit talk this person or nothing. Um, the one email we got, he kind of, uh, thank you for reaching out, by the way. I do enjoy it. He kind of said something along the lines of, it's interesting hearing you guys read this and how you're questioning your faith or like how maybe you know the exact wording or what I'm trying to. Yeah, he was talking about um, just like it's a very thought provoking book. It describes theology for more of a lay person. Um, he talked yeah. about some other books and stuff, and then I asked, um, I asked this person what were the books, and then he was like, um, "Happy reading, God bless. I hope you and Mark will find your faith again." Yeah, um, that line, the find the faith again. And this is not just I, to you. No, I just, like, no, this no. Is I, like, I hear this from all my Christian friends, and uh, I appreciate it. I like that man, but I like the good thoughts. The I good like vibes. the good thoughts. Um, but I, I, I don't think I'm gonna find faith in. I don't Christian think that it's like, like, I'm not looking for faith. I'm not looking for nothing. Yeah, that's a good point. Like, while we like having knowledge, because knowledge is power, I, I'm not reading all these things to try to find the answer. Like, I I don't I mean, think anyone has exactly, the answer. Exactly, we'll never know the answer. Yeah, exactly. So, 
I also uh, keep think... praying for me. I like your prayers. Keep hoping for me. That's always nice and very appreciated. I also think that, like, on recording, I have enough information about the Christian faith that I've made my decision on the Christian faith. Like, it's, I've spent my entire life grown up around, like, it's not finding that faith yeah. again. Like, we, we speak the language better than some Christians do. <laughs> yeah, seriously. You know? Yeah. We're, we're more educated on the Bible than some Christians are. It's a lot of Christians, really I guarantee it. Yeah. But yeah, it's not like we're looking for our faith again. It's not like I lost no, anything. No, I... and, and I'm not looking for some higher power to worship or anything. I'm just trying to be present and just doing what I can in the moment. Yeah, learn what we can about life, about ourselves, about... Yeah. Like, uh, you always say, like, I'm not I'm not too concerned about the afterlife. Oh my god, I'm excited for it. I don't know what's going to happen, but it's probably going to be an adventure. I'm not scared to die. I'm not scared, like, hopefully it's not painful, but, like, even then probably goes into the experience of life. Like... Somebody had said that if you go through life trying to resist the pain and the happy and the... Like, if you go through life numb, you're not actually experiencing life. Yeah. Life is pain. Life is heartbreak. Life is joy. Life yeah. is... It's all of these emotions. Yeah. It's like this, like, 90-10 mix where it's like 90% of your life, especially as a man, is going to be a fucking grind. Mm -hmm. And then you're going to get these moments of happiness. You're just like, oh, that makes it worth it. That makes it all worth it. Worth yeah. it. Yeah. yeah, so I'm not, like scared to die i'm kind of i mean i'm not gonna go kill myself but no. like, i'm not I, bring it on like let's go <laughs> like i'm excited for whatever happens after this i'll never remember it i'm sure like yeah. if we did live in a well, past yeah, life maybe i yeah. i don't remember it so yeah. <laughs> who knows if i'm gonna remember well, that's because you haven't read the right books to unlock the hidden secrets uh -huh. <laughs> um but yeah, the, being the, concerned about things that we can't control is kind of the point. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, I don't think I'll come to any faith. I just don't think I can get that. I don't think I can make that kind of choice with the any amount of information. Yeah. Um, hey, but thank you for writing us the, the, the email. Um, yeah, I love getting emails. Yeah, people. no, it's very nice. Like, uh, we're, we're, we're probably looking to the other books he suggested and stuff. Yeah, I said we wouldn't read them on the podcast, but if anybody else is looking for other... Um, books that are far more intellectual and a lot harder to read. Um, it's The Abolition of Man and Mere Christianity that are the two, that are C.S. Lewis's, by this guy's standards, his best apologetic books. Interesting, interesting, yeah. Yeah. So we'll probably read that on our own time. But everybody else has that information now. Thank you for sharing to the, yeah, 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 the yeah, writer. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you have any more thoughts? I don't know. I'm just thinking about this guy. <laughs> the email guy. Yeah. I feel like I had something to say to him else, but uh, it slipped my... It was, it was I do like, positive. I genuinely but... welcome, like, when people are like, oh, we've been praying for you. I'm like, fuck yeah, yeah thank I'll, you. I'll like, take any positive I'll anything. take all the blessings and all of the well wishes and, like, it's so nice. I'm all about that. Yeah. But, yeah, it's not like I've lost something and I'm looking for something yeah, again. Yeah, yeah. I have walked away from a concept that was thrown down my throat and now I'm looking for something else. Like, it's not like I've lost it. This is an active choice to walk away from Christianity, walk away from the church, walk away from that. I believe there's a God. I just want nothing to do with Christianity and that concept of... Yeah, that God is pretty genocidal, and I, they, he terrifies me for sure. Yeah. Um, okay, here's, here's the one thing I wanted to ask the guy of the email. Um, I would love to hear your salvation story or Ooh. whatever you want to call it um mm -hmm. like i'm always fascinated to hear like how did you get to that point where you actually believe like i would love to get to that point but i just don't think i'm there i don't think i'll ever be there 
it would be very interesting to get there, but I just don't think I have it in me. So I'd, I'm, I'm curious. Did you have like some type of like encounter? Was there some type of healing? Healing prophecy? prophecy? Yeah, I'm curious. I I love to hear it. I do genuinely like, and I think that's probably like this new season of the podcast the next hundred episodes is yeah like learning from other people their life experiences like yeah. i don't care if you can teach me about uh like i don't know i do want to learn about the roman empire so everybody <laughs> needs to come on and teach me about the roman empire i don't think about it enough apparently and i should um but like i want to hear life stories i want to hear different people's perspectives yeah. and that's the point like that's i think why we're on this earth with this many people like yeah. if you can't learn from other people what the fuck are you here for um, maybe then we'll do a call to call to action. Maybe uh, if you want to read the next episode of Screw Tape Letters with us, mm. get some outside opinions on it and stuff. That could be fun. Mm, I know there's a bunch of great readers in our community. So oh my God, so much better than us. Yeah. Really. <laughs> oh yeah. I've heard some of the listener lore stuff. So much. You can throw some accents in yeah, there. Yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, if you want to join us and read uh, a chapter of the Screw Tape Letters, uh, that would be fantastic. Reach yeah, out to us that. and we'll set up a time. Cool. Well, I think that's a wrap for today. Yeah, that was fun. Holy fuck, that was an hour. That was an hour. Thanks for doing this with me, babe. I love this. Yeah, it's uh, insightful, I suppose. Well, call to action. If anybody wants to reach out, you know where to find us. And um, Polo Talk with Mark and B at gmail.com is probably the best way. If not, you can, I don't know. Discord. Discord, yeah. That's yeah, a great we don't way have social too. media. So. But Mark has social media, so message him and i'll find out about it yeah and i'll respond to you in two to three years when i check it next yeah it's the worst <laughs> um if you want to support the show feel free to um donate on patreon we also have a link in the description for like a one-time donation feel free to support the cause yeah uh, thanks everybody thanks babe adios adios <laughs>